Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. And so the church is not a building, it's people that have assembled together. The word church, it's a Greek word called ekklesia, and ek means out. And so the church, get this, the church is those who have been called out. We're called out of darkness, man. We've been called into the light. Welcome to High Point with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church in Naperville, Illinois. I'm Steve Smith, and we're in a series titled Doctrine, Know What You Believe. And today we're looking at what the Bible says about the church. So Ron, I know this is something you're really passionate about. You've really given your whole life to this topic, haven't you? Yeah, the church, man. I mean, the church is the God-ordained institution for change. Think about that for a moment. It's of God, it's from God, it's what Jesus died for. And I gotta be honest, growing up, I went to church, but I had no desire, no understanding, no passion. I mean, I was like, church was a bore, if I can just be honest. I don't know if, you're, if you have ever felt that, if you've been in that place, but it was not an institution, it was an institution, but it wasn't about change, it wasn't about empowerment, it wasn't about encouragement. And you know, God had to grab a hold of my heart. And um, you know, for me, you know, it was a huge deal. I mean, I never imagined that I'd be leading a church, but God had to change my heart. God changed my life. God changed my view. I love the church. I love everything about the church, even the nitty gritty, even the challenges, even the difficulties, because they refine us and they grow us. And I think if more people, instead of just going to church, they would be the church. I mean, God could have his way in this world. So if you got a question about the church, whether you love it or whether you've been disappointed by it, whether you're a skeptic about the church, you want to hear this. Well, let's dive right in as we tackle common questions about the church and why it's important with a message called the doctrine of the church. Prepare your heart, listen in. Here's Pastor Ron. I don't know what your experience has been, but I think when I say church, it brings back a lot of things to a lot of different people because many of us have grown up in the church and we've had experiences in the church and it carves the way we think about church. And for me, I'm telling you, church for Ron Zappia, growing up, I went to church, but I didn't like it. I felt like it was more, and maybe you can identify with this, I felt like it was more of a duty than a delight. Have you ever thought that? And, and I hope, I, I just ask, I guard against that, that I hope you're not thinking that here, but I know that it's probably true that some are. And some, you know, we, we've had so many different backgrounds in church. And for me, I mean, it was like this. I didn't really want to go to church. I didn't need to go to church, I thought. And when I got out of the house, I thought, you know, I'm not going there at all. And I stopped going to church. And when I was a kid, we used to do this. My sister Eileen and I, we used to go to church. And I'm telling you, it would just yawn me and bore me. And I just didn't learn anything. It didn't impact me. And so I decided and we thought, you know, what, we'll go to the Saturday night service and we'll just pick up the bulletin and then we'll bring it home and we'll put it on the table so my parents would know that we went to church. At least not for very long, but we were there. But I got to tell you something. It's been 17 years now. I love the church. I love the church, man. I can't believe it. Like, like I live for the church. Like, I love what God is doing in the church, man. There's nothing else like it. And I'm telling you, if you did this and you did a little survey and talked to some friends of mine or even some guys that I went to college with, they still ask me, they're like, what do you do again? Where do you work? And then the question, like, like why are you doing that? Continue in our series, Doctrine. 
top five questions that everyone needs to answer about the church. Every follower of Christ needs to have these answers. If you say and verbalize that you're a Christian, got to answer these five questions on the church. Are you ready? Let's get into it. I'm going to do that. First, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to ask us to pray, and then we're going to jump in. Let's bow our heads together. And Lord, as we begin to think about the church, we think about those who are in this church. Pray for those that are here that are going through difficult circumstances like that, things that we don't know about, those unspoken things. Lord, would you use this church to encourage hearts that we would move forward? I pray for each person that's here, and I ask that you would enlighten our minds with your Holy Spirit, that you would use your word to clarify our understanding of what church ought to be, not necessarily what it is. And I pray you'd help us to do our part into not coming to church, but belonging to the church and loving the church. Why? Because Jesus, you died for the church. You rose that you might give us new life. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. All right, let's do this. Type five questions. First thing is this. Open up your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to talk about the church. First question is this. Every believer needs to be able to answer, what is the church? Well, what exactly is the church? And I don't know if you realize it or not, but we're going to do a little Bible study now on this first question. We're going to spend the majority of our time here. And, and what the church is about, the Bible gives pictures or analogies of the church. And think for a moment, if you may know some, but we're going to turn to one that is very familiar. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 12. And the first analogy he gives is this. It's a body. That's what the church is. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one. So that's what the church is. It's a body. And has what? What, do you, what does it have? The body has many members or many parts. He goes on to say, and all these members of the body, many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So what he's saying is, is the body is composed of many different kinds of parts, people with many different kinds of gifts and abilities, and he goes on to say in verse 13, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. What does that word baptized mean? It means that we were immersed. How were we immersed? Talked about this last week, by the Holy Spirit. Like he, third person of the Trinity, has a role in all this. He says we were immersed into one body. And I love this part because it says Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of, here it is again, one spirit. So what's that saying is, I don't care what kind of background you come from. I don't care what kind of color your skin is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care if all those other things. It's like we're one in Christ. Amen? Amen? He brings together people with different backgrounds. He brings together people who have different experiences. Like That's what I love about the church. The diversity of the church. God forbid that we would become a church that would not be diverse. And my wife Jody and I, when we started this church 11 years ago, her prayer was that our church would be more diverse than the community that which we live. Because it's true that, that you know, a church is going to look like the area that it represents. But we prayed that God would bring different kinds of people. He deposited, we didn't, we didn't know that he was going to deposit over 200 Russians to us. Whoa, didn't pray for that. <laughs> but I mean, the different people that he's bringing, I, it's the church. He goes on to say, look with me at verse 14. 
for the body does not consist of one member. So it's like, like there's no like, like big, big person, big heel, big toe. He's like, it, it's many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So it's like this. I mean, look at this analogy. It's like you're thinking about this. It's like, oh, I never thought about my foot speaking to my hand. But it's like, you know, he's not worth more than this. He's not at all. And you're not worth more than the guy sitting over here, depending on what you do or what you don't do. Well, we're all intertwined together that we're to, get, to work together as one. Think about your body for a moment, man. This, this, your body is the most amazing thing. And how the foot works together with the leg and how the leg works together with the body and the arms and everything else. And just if we were to talk about the human eye, I mean, some people have given their life to studying what the body is about. And it's, it's so intricate. So the church is like a body. What's the word I want to give you? It's interdependent. It's not independent. It's interdependent. It's like it all has to work and function together. If it doesn't, it's not working properly. And I love this picture. And it goes on to say, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it any less part of the body. If the whole body, I'm reading in verse 17, were an eye. Boy, that's a weird picture right now. Just think of me as this huge eye. Where would be the sense of hearing? He, he's being rhetorical. He's like, this is ridiculous. And seeing the whole, he said, but as it is in verse 18, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Stop there. Think about that. He chose each person, each member to contribute and work together. Question, series on the church, study on doctrine, know what you believe. Let's not get up here, our heads up in the clouds. Let's be real honest. Like, what part of the body are you? How are you functioning in the body, the local body of the church? Because we want to talk about the church. There's the capital C church, the universal church. Then there's what? Then there's the small C. There's the what? There's the local church. Can't be part of one and not the other. People think you can. Most often, it's not the local, it's the universal. It's like this. I don't have to be part of the local church because I'm part of the universal church. And I'll tell you, if you're thinking that right now, that's like going up to the batting cage, going up to a fastball and getting, and getting ready to hit it and taking a swing without a bat. That, that's foolish. But that's what you're thinking. If you're, I'm part of the universal church, but I'm not part of the local church. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the right equipment. You're not plugged in in the right way to do what? To, to maximize the effectiveness of what God wants to do through his church. Church is a body. It's interdependent. I mean, what a picture, man. So let's do this. Let's look at the next picture. Go ahead and turn, um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And, and I'm not going to share every picture this morning, but I want to share a few of the ones that are just, just incredible. And here... Look with me at verse 16. And this is Paul talking. He wrote this letter to the church. He was writing to the Corinthians to solidify the church. He says, do you not know that you are God's temple? So what's the church? It's a temple. Why? Because you're part of the church. He says that God's spirit dwells in you. And look at the warning. I'm in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Some people, they wonder, why do I do that? Why do I say that again? Didn't you say that already, Ron? Because I, I heard somebody diligently not being able to find their place in this section. We won't say who. It's 1 Corinthians 3. 
Look at verse 17. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So church, it's the temple. I think of the word, let me give you this word, this picture. It's sacred. The church is sacred. You're listening to High Point in a message titled, The Doctrine of the Church. You can ask for a copy on CD when you call 844-HP-RADIO. We'll continue with more teaching in a moment. Oswald Chambers once wrote this about his relationship with God. I am determined to be absolutely and entirely for him and for him alone. Chambers was set on living a godly life centered on Jesus, and it overflowed into his teaching. So that's why this month, High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia wants to get you Chambers' book of daily devotions, which is packed with a spiritual energy boost for each day. Each of the daily readings is filled with concentrated, life-changing truths on how to live a God-centered life that will help you reach a new level in your faith. Throughout the month of November, for a donation of any amount to High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia, we'll send you Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest, a devotional book filled with biblical principles you can apply daily to your life as you seek the Lord. Call 844-HP-RADIO to receive your copy of Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest for a donation of any amount, or request this great resource online at highpointministries.com. This is High Point with Ron Zappia, and we're in a series called Doctrine, Knowing What You Believe. To access more of Ron's teaching, including audio, video, and podcasts, go to highpointministries.com. Now here's Ron with reasons why the church is so important. But let's have some understanding. I think this is review for many, but maybe not for all. Is the church, question, is the church a building? Is it? Answer, no. It's not about stained glass. It's not about a stage. It's not about an altar. It's not about a cross. That's not the church. Now, are buildings necessary? Yes, they are. And some people, maybe you grew up and you went to a building and you felt a closeness to God. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's true. But that's not the church. The church, according to this and according to what it says, is the spirit of God that resides in the people of God. And so the church is not a building. It's a people that have assembled together. The word church that's translated, the Greek word that's listed in the scriptures, it's a Greek word called ekklesia. And ek means out. And so the church, get this, this is why it's so important to understand what we're studying. It's like the church is what? The church is those who have been called out. That's the church. Question, called out of what? I hear the world. I hear sin. Called out of darkness, man. That's the church. We've been called into the light. Do I always get it? I'm always walking the right path. I'm always walking in the light. Well, not always. I wish we were always making every right choice at all times. That's a different message. But the church is supposed to help us, and you're to make relationships with people in the church to help you. Question, have you been called out? There's some in here, sound of my voice, maybe watching online, and the truth is you've heard the call. You have not responded. Make the choice. Today's the day of salvation. Choose to turn your back on the world and all that it has to offer and choose the church. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ, following him. It's a temple. Love that. What's another thing? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Go ahead and flip forward. We're talking about pictures of the church. What is the church? It's a body, a body that's interdependent. It's a temple that's sacred. Look with me at verse 19. We're going to mine this, and we'll get um, another word, another picture. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Why? Because you were called out. 
but you are what? You are fellow citizens with the saints. And there it is, members of the household of God. There it is, so the church is what? The church is a household, the church is a family. Well, what's it built on? Well, look at verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So we can't change, don't want to change, unique time, unique season, like those boys, I'm telling you, man, they laid a foundation. And there's nothing new that we're laying on, I'm telling you, we are building upon what they did. We're putting story number 30 and story number 40 and story number 50 on what? On the foundation that they laid. But, but what's it all built on? Look at verse 20. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, that's what it says in the end of verse 20. So Jesus' work, what he did on the cross, the resurrection, that's what it's built on. Verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. There it is, it's a temple in the Lord. In him you also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So the church is a body. The church is a temple. The church is a family. It's a household. And what's the first thing you think of when you think of your family? You think, somebody said chores. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's true. Can we get, why do you do those chores? Because you got responsibility. How's that? There's responsibility in the family. What else we got in the family? Dysfunction. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> and we got that in the church. I mean, can we just, can we just, man, can I talk to you guys? What else we got in the family? Thank you had to go over to some families on this side to get to love. That's the messed up side. <laughs> it's about love, man. And, and, and isn't it true? I tell you, you know, my family and our family, and I love this about my girls, and I love this about my wife. I'm telling you, there's nothing that brings us closer. And, you know, we may, you know, the girls may fight a little and bicker, and, you know, they might not be for each other all the time, but I'll tell you, if somebody else picks on them, that's a different story. Why? Because, man, you're not going to come in between us. That's the way it, it ought to be in the family of God. Because we're the church. And we're not going to let things get in between to cause division. And we're going to defend each other. And we're going to think the best of each other, aren't we? Even when it might be hard to do. We're not going to jump to conclusions. We're going to think the best. And when we got a problem, we're going to go talk to the person. We're not going to talk to somebody else. Why? Because we're family. And I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I can't get out of the Zappia family. That's just the way it is. If I wanted to, I couldn't. And you can't get out of this family, family of God. And too many people are jumping around, and I'm telling you, they jump and jump and move and go, and the seven-year itch or what's become the three-year, and you're at this church for three years and this church for six months, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that's pleasing to the Lord. Can't stick it out can't work it out. People that know you best, you go and start over, so then you have the same issues, and you're, you know what? Stay with the people who know you, who can tell you the truth in the midst of your difficulty. Love this. I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I, I will never forget the day, um, October th uh, 28th. I almost forgot it. <laughs> I, I was like, don't say that. Don't say you're not going to forget. October 28th of... Um, 1989, and uh, I saw the most beautiful woman walk down the aisle, beautiful in appearance, every bride is, but beautiful in the heart. 
And as she had a veil and she was dressed in white and as she came up and as I was in a church and as we said, I do, I'll never forget that day because she was beautiful. And the same can be said now as you think about your wife, your bride. The scripture says in Ephesians that the church is a bride. And that's the word is holy and pure. Well, my wife, my bride's not holy and pure. Well, are you washing her with the word husband like you're supposed to do? Because you're supposed to be making her holy and pure. She's a reflection of you. They like that right here, didn't you guys? <laughs> Wish your husband was here, huh? <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> I get the tape. <laughs> Honey, the pastor was talking about you today. But that's our jobs. And the church is holy. The church is pure. Love that about the church. The verses there, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. You don't have to turn there now, but that's where it talks about the church being the bride. Let me clean this up for us. The church, let me give you a definition. All believers over all times. That's the church. So all those, I believe, that looked what? That looked forward to the cross, to the Messiah, to the anointed one, to the coming one. Even if they couldn't say the name Jesus, they looked for the Messiah And all those us, what do we do? We're looking back at the cross. That's the church. All those who have what? All ages, all time. That's the universal church. Luther and Calvin said this. As theologians, they told us that there's the visible church and the invisible church. So what does that mean? Well, series on doctrine, there's the visible church. That's what I see every Sunday. And I look, and, and I don't know where you really are with the Lord, but the truth of the matter is that if you have turned to him in repentance and faith, then you are the church. But I can't tell that. That's the visible church. I'm not making a judgment on the church today. But the invisible church is the church that God sees, and he can see each individual heart. And so only he truly knows who his are. Now, I can see fruit, right? I can see a changed life. I can see um, evidences of God working. And, you know, I see that. And, I, man, that's it. You know, I can see that. And, but, but I don't know. The church. What is the church, man? I'm telling you, it's a body. I'm telling you, it's a bride. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. I'm telling you, it's worth giving your life to. listening to High Point with Ron Zappia and a message titled The Doctrine of the Church. If you missed any part of this message, you can find it on our website when you go to highpointministries.com. All right, Ron, well, I know this topic, it means so much to you, and I'd even say it's a passion of yours. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is, Steve, and I appreciate you saying like that because I'm passionate about the church. Why? Because Jesus is passionate about the church. I mean, if he wasn't passionate about it, then I wouldn't be passionate about it. The church is the God-ordained institution for change that's going to outlast everything. Think about that for a moment. If you're investing yourself in a business, even if you're investing yourself in your marriage, if you're investing yourself in those things, which are good things, building something on earth, the church is the only thing that will last forever, for eternity. And that's an important thing. So we need to invest ourselves in the church. Why? Because Jesus gave his life for it. Now, let's be careful. It isn't a building. It's not bricks and mortar. Um, It's people. And the New Testament makes it clear that the church is made up of everyone who's confessed Jesus Christ and follows him with true, genuine faith. That is the church. And so the challenge is 
What part can you play in the body? How can you get involved in the church? And I get it. I mean, I talk to every, people every day, and uh, I know people have been disappointed by the church. Um, we've disappointed people, and it breaks my heart. But give the church a shot. Give it another shot. Don't just let this program be your daily feed. Get involved in a local church. Get involved. Get connected. Serve the Lord in the local church. That's what his desire is, that we would do this, that we would build his kingdom on earth through the church. Thanks, Ron. Well, here at High Point, it's our goal to serve our listening audience by providing these timely, engaging teachings. But we can't do it without you. High Point Ministries is listener-supported, which means that we can't keep providing these messages without the support of listeners like you. So we hope you'll give today. Sending in your support for High Point Ministries is as easy as a phone call or a visit to our website. And when you give today, we're going to say thanks by sending you a classic devotional titled My Utmost for His Highest. With encouraging readings for each day of the year, this resource is going to help you keep your faith renewed, keep your faith fresh. So call 844-HP-RADIO or online go to highpointministries.com. You can also send a check and be sure to include a note when you write to us at High Point Ministries. P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. High Point exists to help you elevate your faith, but we can't exist without your support. So give a gift today and be sure to request my utmost for his highest when you do. Call 844-HP-RADIO. That's 844 844- Four seven seven two three four six, or go online to highpointministries.com. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for more Bible teaching right here on High Point with Ron Zappia. Yeah.